Relativity Einstein's theory of the connection between time and space. It suggests in part that we all experience the passing of time at the same rate, and that the faster one travels through space, the less one will experience within the passage of time. To put that simply, if we use speed to shorten the length of time it takes to travel between two different locations, there would be less to remember of that journey. Now the case I bring to you today may be a living example of Einstein's theory, supporting what we believe of the human mind and recall within the time-space continuum. You can decide for yourself, after the case of Stephen Kabaki is told, the story of a man who disappeared only to reappear 14 months later. This is episode 28, Relativity, the Disappearance and Reappearance of Stephen Kabaki. It was in February of 1978, a time when gas was 65 cents a gallon, and the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind was at the top of the box office. It was also when 23-year-old college student Stephen Kabaki set off for a solo cross-country ski trip along the frozen shoreline of southern Lake Michigan. Described as an outdoorsman, Stephen had partaken in many such trips previously, he had also hiked and climbed mountains in Europe while studying abroad, so nothing about this latest adventure was out of the ordinary. Stephen left for his trip on February 17th from his home in Holland, Michigan, telling friends and family to expect him to return the following day. However, after two days had passed with no sign of him, Stephen's parents reported him missing. Then, on February 20th, near the town of Sagatuck, Michigan, and approximately 11 miles from where Stephen left for his journey, volunteers on snowmobiles found his skis, poles, and backpack near the edge of the ice. Officers responding to the discovery would report that Stephen's skis were found 8 inches apart, with his poles stuck standing upright in the snow outside of his skis, and his fully packed backpack sitting on top of them. Officers also noted a set of footprints leading away from the scene out onto the lake where they abruptly stopped, leading many to believe he had fallen through the ice and drowned. State police arranged for a helicopter to conduct air searches and contacted the Coast Guard for assistance, but no sign of Stephen was found. Extensive interviews were conducted of people within Stephen's inner circle to eliminate any and all possibilities. But despite the ice being unbroken, nothing led investigators to conclude anything other than that Stephen had likely drowned in the frozen waters of Lake Michigan. It was this news that devastated his friends and family. Of course, the story of Stephen Kabaki doesn't end here. In fact, it hasn't even begun. It was on Saturday, May 5th of 1979, 14 months and over 700 miles from where he had vanished, that Stephen Kabaki reappeared, having woken up in a grassy field in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, not knowing how he got there 
and with no memory of the time he was gone or how long he had been away. Local newspapers picked up on the story, covering Stephen reuniting with his parents. When asked, he told reporters that he didn't recognize the clothes he was wearing, and that his last memory was feeling cold and being lost in frozen darkness. He would add that he felt like he had done a lot of running, perhaps suggesting that he had traveled on foot for 14 months, but no one had reported seeing him. Somehow, Stephen Kubaki had traveled east in an almost perfect straight line across Michigan, parts of Canada, in the length of the state of New York, undetected. Stephen spoke with reporters for a week after his reappearance, telling a consistent story of how he believed he had blacked out as a result of exhaustion and exposure, and added that he had planned on having a doctor examine him, but that he felt fine. Stephen was asked by a local reporter if he had faked the entire event, including his disappearance. He denied this, explaining that before he went missing, he was doing well in college and only had three courses left before obtaining his degree. He had a job lined up post-graduation, and his father was about to sign a house over to him. But eventually, Stephen stopped talking about his ordeal, refusing interviews and not speaking of it ever again, at least publicly. So if this was a hoax, he didn't do it for money, because he never sold his story. And he didn't do it to escape from any issues he may have been dealing with, because there wasn't any. So what if anything happened to Stephen Kabaki for the 14 months he was gone? The answer could be simple, or very complex, depending on what you choose to believe. In 2017, Stephen, now a PhD and practicing psychologist in the Pacific Northwest, co-authored a book titled Meta-Mathematical Foundations of Existence, Godel, Quantum, God, and Beyond. It's a very complex book, delving into theories of infinite existence within the universe and reality, suggesting that God exists, but not how we have been conditioned to believe. To accompany the book, Stephen created the website, stephenkabaki.com, Rethinking It All. The landing page has the quote, Rethinking the Universe, God, and Everything. Neither the website nor his book touch on what happened to him in 1978. In his bio, Stephen describes himself as a believer in praxis, which is a Greek word used to describe the act of engaging, applying, or practicing ideas and imagination through some form of action. His bio also shows how well studied and traveled he is, studying at Frankfurt University in Germany, where he was awarded a fellowship in philosophy and psychoanalysis. He did a two-year internship at Dartmouth Medical School and was a professor at the University of Wyoming, where he earned another fellowship by the American Psychoanalytic Association. He was the director of clinical training at Argosy University in Seattle, and eventually he opened his own clinical practice, hardly the resume of a hoaxer. Writers, bloggers, and followers of the paranormal have been attempting to get Stephen to talk about his experience for years, 
many wanting to attach his ordeal to the so-called Lake Michigan Triangle, an area on the lake where strange events have been reported as far back as 1891. From ships to airplanes disappearing, to sightings of strange lights and shapes darting across the skies. Ellen Killerin, a writer for the website Cold Dead Hands, wrote about Stephen's ordeal in a six-part series titled The Misappearance of Stephen Kabaki. Ellen appears to rationalize the event through research she performed using newspaper clippings and police reports from the time of the event. It turns out that despite theories Stephen drowned, his family was always convinced he was very much alive, and even hired a private investigator to look into the case. According to reports and eyewitnesses, when Stephen was found, he had a backpack full of hitchhiking signs, was wearing new glasses, and had a shirt from the Iron County Marathon that happened in Wisconsin after he vanished. Surprisingly, the field where Stephen woke up in Massachusetts was very close to where he was raised in South Deerfield. It is there that he first contacted his aunt, who still lived there when he reappeared. According to Ellen, Stephen would not respond to her repeated attempts to interview him. Ellen was able to reach Stephen's ex-wife. However, she also refuses to talk about what happened to him during the time he vanished. It seems that despite the attention his story once received, it is now a sensitive topic and off-limits for any discussion. And that leads us to today. According to author Dylan James Quarles, he knew Stephen for years and had no idea of his ordeal. When he asked Stephen to discuss it, Stephen agreed for a book currently being written titled The Quantum Biography of Stephen Kabaki. Whether the story turns out to be a journey through time and space or a simple case of amnesia brought on by exhaustion and the elements, we'll have to wait for the book to know for certain. So I leave you with this. It's from Stephen Kabaki's website, and it gives you a look into his mind. It's his fourth principle interconnectedness in a probabilistic universe. He says that everything in existence is interconnected. Boundaries will limit what is possible in reality. Truth is conditional and a function of our boundary conditions and limitations. And that brings me full circle back to relativity. The constraints of time and space are both interconnected and they limit what we can do to linear movements in a timeline. That appears to be something Stephen Kabaki appears to disagree with, and either through a hoax or an unexplainable 14-month journey, one of those options has to be true.